You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt and not just any elk hunt. We're talking about a seven or eight mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. You're going to be sleeping in a wall tent, and you're going to be doing that for five days with the founder and CEO of Outdoor Edge, David Block. Now, if you've never been on an elk hunt before, I'm telling you right now, go sign up for this because if you ever hear a elk bugle, whether it's at 400 yards or it's at 40 yards, it is a life-changing experience. So here's how you enter. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner oh, a ways from now. So you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. Here we go. What's up, all you whitetail perverts? Welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Vortex Optics. My name is Dan Johnson, but you knew that already. Today, we have one hell of an episode. We're going to be talking with Cameron Deerfield. He is a returning guest. I think early 2020 or late 2019, we had him on the podcast. He's dropped some pretty big bucks in his day, and... He is also an outfitter of sorts, right? He sets up properties and then guys pay him to go hunt those properties, right? So he is outside all the time running trail cameras. He's outside all the time uh, putting in food plots, trimming tree stands out. You name it, he's doing it. If it comes to the, the prepping for the season, he's doing it right now. So I asked him, you know, what do you do for a living? He said, right now, I feel like all I'm doing is checking trail cameras. And that kind of, this was going to be a BS session, but it kind of sparked something in my brain to talk to him a little bit about the states that he's going to be hunting and some of his clients are going to be hunting. And that is Ohio and Kentucky. And both of those states have September openers. And I wanted to see what deer we're doing because he's checking trail cameras all the time he's got history with these properties what are the deer doing right now through the eye of the trail camera that may help him or his clients or people in general you know you identify these trends and these trends are on multiple properties and they're in multiple states so you might be able to use that information to help you pattern or put yourself in a position to get an encounter really easy early in the season and uh with september openers coming up for a lot of states even the first couple weeks of weeks of october to see if any of these trends might be able to help a guy 
get on a buck and you know get him uh get him a shot so we talk about that but then we also talk about how cameron this crazy sob he has decided not only does he is he going to hunt solely on public ground this year he's going to do it with a trad bow and he's going to do it from the ground that is the goal that he has set for himself this year trad bow public land from the ground uh i think he's crazy trying to do something like that because i don't know if i would have the patience to do that but uh we talk a little bit about that we talk about the trends we talk about what these deer are doing right now in this heat and if the heat stays up until september what are the deer going to be doing really good episode now it's time for a commercial and we haven't done a giveaway here for a long time but we're going to be doing a giveaway right now and we're going to be talking about lone wolf portable tree stands right you guys know i love i love them but we're going to be doing a giveaway this is how the giveaway works go to lonewolfhuntingproducts.com slash nine fingers the number nine followed by the word fingers lonewolfhuntingproducts.com slash nine fingers all you have to do is enter your first name your last name you enter in your email address you confirm your email address and you're automatically going to be entered into a giveaway where you can win um, a hang on of your choice either the assault or the alpha or a set of four sticks and you get to pick so that's a win Uh, i'm going to pick one september 1st and then i'm going to pick another winner october 1st so hurry up get signed up for this giveaway your name might be drawn if you do it fast enough your name might be drawn for september 1st but this giveaway is going to run all the way up until october 1st so go do it because this is an opportunity to win one of the best tree stands hands down on the market so take advantage of that and when you submit your entry you're going to receive a discount code and i'm going to tell it to you anyway so you can purchase it without but you're going to receive a discount code and that discount code is i'm not prepared it is 9FC50 and you're going to save $50 off any order over $199. So basically you're saving 25%, uh, 20 to 25% depending on what product you buy. Uh, that's a big deal and it's for, a, it's for a badass tree stand, man. Made in America. So there's that. Hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast today. Let's get right into it. In three, two, one. All right. On the phone with me today, we got a returning guest, Mr. Cameron Deerfield. Cameron, what's up, man? What's up, brother? Oh, not too much. I'm in Iowa, and it's hot as balls right now. Uh, let's see. You're in Kentucky or Ohio? I forget. Uh, both, but I mean, it's it's also hot as balls here. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. You, I know you you bounce around between both states pretty frequently, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So. Um, Man, I'll tell you, the reason I wanted to get you on this episode this week was straight up, you are out in the timber all the time with your job. And uh, for those who didn't hear you on the last episode, why don't you tell everybody what it is you actually do for a living? Well, uh, if, well people ask me what I do for a living, and I basically tell them that I uh, check trail cameras, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh no uh i'm a uh i i run a um uh uh fitting service and um i'm right about 20 right at 20 20 000 acres now okay and i get um it's a full-time job and then and and then some for for sure trying to try to run that 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 many acres but um but that's pretty much what i do every day i wake up every day and i i head out and i'm either hanging stands checking cameras planting planting food plots um or you know just out there picking picking ticks off but uh, <laughs> uh that, that's that's i'm very very fortunate to be able to do that every single day yeah man uh i follow you on instagram and you put your video content on the sportsman's nation uh uh, YouTube channel. So I get the opportunity to see what it is you do every single day. And I must say, man, you look busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've, I've learned as I got older that, that the more, the more I keep, the more I, I keep myself busy, the more I just kind of stay, uh, like motivated, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just kind of, you know, I, I, this year I picked up a, a, uh, uh, trad bow so i'm shooting trad now oh yeah i forgot um, about that in my home state i went 100 percent public um just you know just throwing every curveball i possibly can <laughs> yeah yeah you you went on a pretty good streak there what for the last two years yeah so i've killed bucks off off the same farm for the last four years but my last two were definitely my two biggest bucks yeah and those those were on a, a private uh piece right yep yep okay yes, so Typically, a guy will he'll find success for two years in a row, or you know, and then he'll be like, "Good, I'm, you know, I got this farm figured out, or I got a farm figured out. I want to continue that success and keep doing what I'm doing." You just told me you're throwing yourself a curveball. Number one, by going all trad this year and all public land this year. Why are you doing that? Um, so I'm going public land in my, in my home state because, uh, I've hunted in, in three states and I've killed deer on public in two of those states and not the state that I actually grew up in. So that's, that's one major, major reason. But I mean, I just want the challenge also. Um, I'm, I don't mean to sound bad when I say this, but I just kind of got, got bored. Okay. Um, and, uh, when, I mean, you know, when, when you get a farm figured out or a couple farms figured out, it's, you know, it's, it's after four or five seasons, it, it kind of like, you don't even have to run cameras, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I guess I just got bored and I just kind of want the challenge. And, uh, I, I, to me, I don't really have a whole lot left to prove to myself. So I'm just out here just trying to have fun now. That's man. Once a guy can get to that point and you know, some guys have, uh, everybody has different goals, right? Like my goals are different from your goals. And, uh, like you've been able to lay down some pretty good deer in the past and, now just basically going into a season with different expectations. I'm not going to say lower expectations because I, I know that you're going to go out and you're going to find something, uh, you know, mature and big to shoot, whatever, but a different set of expectations. What, what, what's that like? I mean, what are you doing to accomplish that goal or what is your goal in, and what state is that, that you're going to go all public? Um, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, Ohio is where I'm, I'm going to be doing that at. But I mean, the goal to me, you know, before this past couple of years, man, it's been like, you know, I'm shooting 170 plus, you know? And it's like that, I mean, 
no doubt you can still do that on on public. I mean, I'm I'm fully confident in that. But I'm 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 going trad. So anything four years old and 140 inches, I'm probably shooting it. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's more realistic than you know what you what you had going for you on on the public land or on the excuse me on the private land side of things where you were, you know chasing some pretty big deer do you think you're going to get to a point where you're like oh man you know uh the last two years you've killed some slobs you know some really big antler deer do you think you're going to miss not having that available no i mean because well here's the crazy thing i still have all my private land and i just let one of my i just gave it to my uh one of my best friends who actually edits all my videos for me and stuff um, I just like, look, dude, you can, you can hunt all, all of it. I just don't, I, I don't run, I don't want to run cameras or nothing, you know? Okay. So you're, you're, and, uh, and you're not using trail cameras. So on public, I am using cameras, but I told him on, on, no, I'm not running cameras on any, on any of my private, like he can, he can, he can hunt any of it and whatever he finds shoot. Okay. Wow. Um, and well, I, and there's one deer that I told him not to shoot. So, I, you know, but, and that's also kind of the reason why I didn't want to hunt private uh going into the season i knew i had an absolute slob that's only four and uh i don't want to be tempted <laughs> right so you're gonna so put another another guy out there and you're gonna tell him not you can hunt here but do not shoot this deer yeah yeah i mean and and he's got a couple targets that aren't really around the area that i've that i have my deer at so i'm not too worried about it gotcha um, and you know i i wouldn't let him do it if i didn't if, if, if I didn't trust him. Yeah, so. for sure. So between checking trail cameras on the properties that you're, that you're leasing or obtained for your clientele, how much time have you put into scouting in Ohio for this little public land challenge that you've given yourself? Uh, about, so from January to probably until probably end of May, probably two to three, two to three days a week. And then as summer came, you know, as summer came on and I got more busy doing plots, you know, uh, setting, setting stands, stuff like that. It went down to like a, a, a day a week, but I mean, we've, I, I quit counting cameras and just, and just kept on marking them and just, you know, so I, I, I would have to sit down and actually count how many cameras that, 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 that we have out, but it is a bunch and we're on eight, eight different pieces. Um, and we got a lot, a lot of good deer, man. Honestly, I have more more good deer on camera now than I than I honestly ever have. And, and are uh, you talking about on public ground that that yeah, you're gonna yeah. that you're gonna be hunting? Okay, all right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, it sounds to me like you've you've done the work, right? You've done the scouting. You've kind of located them, and you've put some cameras in those areas. Uh, you know, have do you have several? let's just say all the deer that you have on camera stick around and you're going to be able to hunt them come the hunting season. Are you going to have plenty or several options when it comes to that four-year-old 140 class deer? Yeah, I, I could hunt every day for the first month of season and, and I could hunt a different deer every single day. Wow. So that's a, that's, so you're saying you have 30 plus 30 deer that are, meet that criteria. Yep. Wow. That's a lot of scouting. <laughs> That's a lot of how many yeah. a, how many acres does that cover? Uh, 
I don't know how many acres total if I, I I'd, I'd have to add them all up, but I, I can tell you that from like our first camera to our last camera is like, it was farther, but we narrowed it down. It's like 78 miles, I think. Seven, eight, or seven to eight or 78? 78 miles from our first camera to our last camera spread out on, on seven to eight different pieces. Okay. And that's public land in Ohio. Yep. Okay. Well, what kind of, how many counties is that? Like two or three counties? Yeah. Okay. So on, on the pieces of property and, and you can even lump in the, the leases that you have, you know, in Kentucky and any other state that you're working in. But as far as trail cameras are concerned this time of year, do you see trends in what, where bucks are located this time of year, what they're doing this time of year? And does any of that information help you come the fall? Yeah. I mean, so with, with with my with with all my property that I I lease and and guide hunts on, I I have farms that I only that I only bow hunt and I only use for like er, er, for like early season, and the reason for that is because that's when those farms are on fire. So those farms, you know, I tend to find have a lot of CRP, a lot of like really really deep haulers, and those bucks like to like to stay low. I mean, because I mean it, it's super hot right right now, so um water plays a huge role in it um and what i'm finding is if you find one 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 good buck right now you're probably finding two to three ones you know you know and and that's kind of what i found all summer now it's this summer has been a super muggy summer um so it's been a little bit harder but again it's still that same kind of trend like they're just down low or they're or they're feeding down low at least and they're traveling all all low where it's cool and you don't really see them up up, up high uh, too much, um, but that's just kind of what I'm what I'm kind of finding. Okay, um, so they're staying low for water reasons and because it's a cooler temperature down there. I would say. I okay. mean, you know, and well, a lot of these properties that I that that I have are like uh, CRP. You know, there's a lot of CRP on them. Yeah. Which is which is fine with me, but you know I don't really see a big buck out there bedding in a wide open field when it's you know ninety eight. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So, you know, those you know any 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 deep shady spot, or if you got like four or five big old cedar trees out 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 there in the middle of that CRP, there's probably a deer there. Yeah. Um, you know, so j- just anywhere that there's cool and then there's water close, and then obviously food. But you know, at this time of year, there's there's food pretty much every everywhere. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, Does that go the same then for public uh, on the public that you're scout you're like you're scouting for yourself or, or you're running trail cameras? Are they doing the same thing in Ohio? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, saddles, uh, you know, stuff, any, any, anything like that is still going to still going to have deer in it. But what, what I'm finding is, you know, a lot of, a lot of your does and fawns are staying up high, you know, working up high and your bucks are just working low. It's cool. There's water down there. I mean, then a big five, six year old buck is, is, is going to be lazy, you know, okay. and you know, it's for, and, and really going into it, I thought it was going to be the opposite, you know, but once we started running, running cameras and then we, we started seeing this, this little trend and we're like, okay, well, obviously we need to start adjusting our cameras now. And I haven't, we, we haven't checked a lot of these cameras in a month. So who knows by now it might've completely switched. Okay. You know, but um, for the most part this summer, they've been staying in those locations. 
Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you did you've you've done this lease thing last year. As you know, as the, it gets closer to this October first time frame, and uh, when does Kentucky open? Uh, September fifth. Okay, September shit. So in literally a week and a half or something like that. Two weeks. Yeah, way way too soon. <laughs> yeah, and then when when does Ohio open? Uh, September twenty sixth, I think. Okay, so these are two September opens, and this is this is actually good because I was going to ask you. Um, you know, with the, this early open, right, especially September 5th, some of these deer, especially in Kentucky, could be on some of these same summer patterns that, you're, that you know, you've just talked to us about as far as trail cameras are concerned. What, if anything, different are these deer starting to do moving into early, mid-September time frame that you've noticed on your trail cameras? Well, typically... A lot of your white oaks are really, are really starting to drop right now, but this year there's not hardly any uh, uh, acorns on the actual white oaks. Now red oaks are 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 pretty good this year, but you know, grow, growing up you, you always got told, well, deer won't won't eat uh, red oak till late, and you know, or blah blah blah, and it's because they they don't prefer them. But if they're the only ones there, then they're probably going to eat. Yeah. Um, so usually that's what happens, but this year, like I said, that's not around. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they stay in my, in my, you know, all my food plots and feeders and everything else, because that's going to help me obviously, but they really don't have any, any other food dropping, you know, cause red oaks in, drop about the second to third week. So I got about a week gap there or, you know, week and a half where it should be really really good where they're still you know they're still in that summer pattern hammering plots hammering feed and you know i mean that's that's hopes you know yeah but and you're running you're running uh some feed stations too uh because in kentucky it is it's legal to to bait correct yep okay and you're and you're doing that mostly you know now do you remove those once the hunting season starts or do you keep them up for your clients no, I, 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 I keep them up now, you know, we're pretty, we don't put like a guy with a, uh, rifle on a, you know, a 25 yard bait site, you know? Right. Um, it's nothing like that, but you know, in any state that is legal to bait, you can guarantee that every neighbor around you is probably baiting. Yeah. So best bet is to just bait. Yeah. Well, and, I was, I was, uh, talking to a guy, man, I forget what state it was in man, I feel like it was on the East coast somewhere where this guy was baiting. And he said he, he tried for one year to, you know, not hunt with bait cause he wanted to test his skills or something like that. Right. And yeah. no deer were on his property because of that. Exactly. And the deer that were on their property were just betting there and then jumping the fence and going to the other properties. So yeah. what would happen if you, if you stopped, if you stopped that feeding uh, for those deer? Well, it would, it, I, I would have, I don't, I couldn't tell you because we're the only ones that have, that have crops around there. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think it'd be as drastic of a change as it would be without the crops. Now I will say this because we, we are the only ones with crops around there. When we first put in plots, like you don't, you don't touch them for a, you know, a, a pretty good while because they don't even know what, what, what these plots are. Right. Right. And then, and then once they find them, then, I mean, it's, it's crazy, yeah. but so 
I don't know. I, I, I mean, if you take the plots away, it, there'd probably be no deer. <laughs> right. The, the food plots, I mean, if you, if you took the food plots away too. Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah. Okay. If you took the plots and the and and the feed away, you it'd probably be the same, same thing. You probably would. I mean, you you'd have deer. I mean, no doubt there there'd be there deer there, but not like there should be. Yeah. Okay. So. Knowing what you told us, right, where you are currently finding these deers down low, um, you know, close to water. Now, with that information, especially on this, uh, you said you got a couple bow hunting only, uh, I guess, properties that you're really focused on, on the bow hunt, the early season bow hunt. Where are you putting your tree stands for the September time frame to put your clients in the best position. So some of these stands I started hanging pretty early. So I got, I got, you know, a, a good portion of stands on, uh, Oak flats and, and, and stuff like that. And, and, and once I found out that the trees weren't going to really have any, uh, uh, a, uh, acorns on them, I went ahead and started feeding at, at a lot of those flats. So just to kind of make up for it, you know? Right. And, then so, and pretty much any food plot that I that I, I run, I'll probably run a, a, a blind on it. Um, it's just better that that way. Uh, and I I notice a lot, a lot of my southern clients, they don't like lock-ons. Okay. So, I kind of I kind of separate my 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 properties. And re, and the reason I'm able to do all this, you know, and have both properties only and rifle properties only, because I don't run all that all that many clients. Right. Um. I keep, I keep a really low number that way I can, I can, I can do, I can do this basically. Okay. And so, you know, I, I kind of, I, when I go into a farm, I like to set up, you know, three, three different types of, of stands, lock-ons, you know, for guys that are, you know, my, my higher end, you know, real hardcore guys who like, who say, I don't want to hunt nothing but, but, but lock-ons and I want to hunt saddles and I don't care if I have to walk, you know, a half a mile, you know, so I, I set those stands up, obviously all natural natural movement stands and then you know i set i set blinds up for the for you know kids or or women or you know older older guys you know so i I have those set up and then a lot of guys like ladder stands so i I go in the farms and i'm not a big ladder stand guy like i feel like if i was a deer i would see that thing like right now but so i try to put those in spots where i can really really hide yeah and spots that are not like not super hard to get to but are not super easy to get to also you know they're kind of like that little happy uh uh medium yeah. but so you, that's that's the hardest thing about guiding hunts and, and setting these spots up for other people is the fact that you're setting them up for other people so you go in there with your mindset like oh i, I just hunt here and i know i'd kill him well you know that doesn't mean that your client's going to like that. So you kind of have to base it off, off, off of that. Once you, once you go into each spot now, no doubt you, you base wind off of it and you know, which, which way the deer's coming from all that plays into it also. But, um, a lot of it has to look at, okay, well, it's going to be convenient for the client. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So, uh, what about the actual location where, you have the best shot of connecting with some of these deer in that early September or even mid September time frame. Food, food pots, believe it or not. I mean, uh, they're these, these deer, I mean, it's, it comes in early enough down there that these deer are still stuck on that summer pattern. Yeah. So it's not crazy to have four, four or five good bucks walk in, walk into a plot, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, pl- you know, and then, like I said, normally the, you know, all the, all the, uh, white oaks are dropping right now. So all those oak flats that I was talking about, you know, all that's, that's pretty much oak flats and, 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 uh, and food plots in early season are the go-to. Okay. So what about, um, the, the type of food plot that these deer are, are hitting? Is it still going to be that clover or that fresh green food plot? So we plant a lot of uh, uh, a lot of soybeans, and it's called uh, atomic soybeans. And literally, you can plant this stuff in, in like two weeks. It's like eight to ten inches tall. Okay. So we we plant this at like the end of end of July, maybe first of August. And right when season hits, we have you know two to three foot high, good green luscious beans. Yeah. So. Those deer, I mean, it just falls in perfect. And um, now the hard part is because we do so so many plots, and you know, it's we're we're running a, a pretty a, a pretty big chunk of land, which is two which is two guys. So to get every plot to look like you know TV status is 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 pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But you know, most of our plots turn out really really good. And those, I mean, soy I mean, honestly, soy soybeans have been the the best thing for us, honestly. Yeah. So, man, I, I tell you what, there's there's years where I almost, I don't want to say I pray for a wet spring because it's uh, obviously dip, uh, farmers have it hard enough as it is just doing what they do. But there's always those years where I kind of hope that the the farmers on my property don't get their soybeans in until later in the summertime, right? That, I don't know, I'd hate to say May or June, but because every time you hear someone say, you know, go try to find some green soybeans, but October 1st, that's hard to do in in any ag, you know, any, any farm where they, you know, it's purely for agriculture reasons and not necessarily food plots. So I always hope that they, you know, man, I really wish I could get this, uh, you know, get this out, you know, or find, you know, find some green uh, soybeans, but that very rarely happens. Now, yeah. during what time, you know, I always, I always see a shift when the velvet comes off sometime in that, that late August, early to mid September timeframe where the bachelor groups start to break up a little bit and you know, the deer start to go out on their own or they live independently or all that stuff. When does that typically happen on your trail cameras? Do you notice that or do they stick in groups for a while yet? So they'll start shedding about, I don't know, 12, 13. And from that point, yeah, you definitely start seeing them start to like separate, and then it doesn't really—not a huge, huge change happens until about the second week of October, maybe third, maybe third week. But from that point on, it, it tends to be in that area. It tends to be pretty fast-paced. Okay. Um. So you know, like that—that that week of honestly, that week of like 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 Halloween is is my favorite time because. Down there, I mean, if you're if you're hunting a, a really hot scrape line, I mean, you're seeing bucks all day, right? And it's just so that's that's so if you 
if I had to pick my 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 weeks that I I like to guide, it'd be the first two weeks of season, and then the last two weeks of October, first two weeks of November, and then uh, the last two week or the first two weeks of uh, uh, December. Okay, those weeks right there to me are just that's when I see a trend of killing more more deer, and I, that's when I've killed all of all of all of my deer basically. Okay, all right, so. What about going nocturnal? Because one thing that I've noticed on my trail cameras throughout the years is that they will, they'll have some of this last hour of light. They'll be up on their feet when they're in velvet. But then from my experience, I see a hard shift to nocturnal movement. Once the once the velvet comes off, they break up from their, you know, they break up from their, uh, bachelor group they start coming in solo and you know now they're visiting these uh, these uh, i guess destination f- uh, food sources or coming through a, a pinch point in the middle of the night now are you noticing a, a jump from daylight to nocturnal and then back to daylight and and what's that timeline look like I feel like it's different in, in different areas. Now, where I where I live and where I've killed my last four bucks, and it's all pretty much ag country. It's it's, it's all farmland. There, I do notice that. Um, that they, you know, I do notice that 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 switch about that time. Once that velvet comes off, there's a, there's a hard switch. Now, out, <clears throat> out where I lease, it's all you know, it's all hard hardwoods. Um, and there, I don't, it, I really don't notice it all that much. And and I'll tell you why is because. Last year, uh, the very first week of season, like the first three days were, were slow. And then about the third, it came in the seventh last year. About the third day of season, deer, I mean, a lot of deer just started, just started shedding velvet. And I had, I had hunters in camp, <clears throat> in, a, in a camp in the first three days. I'm like, man, what's going on? You know, this should be easy. And then as soon as they shed the velvet, everybody just started, just literally just started seeing, seeing uh, a deer. I mean everybody and i was like what in the world like it, it should be the complete opposite yeah <laughs> you know right but i think that's just the difference you know uh there i mean it's it like i said they don't really get pressured a lot so maybe maybe that has has a lot to do with it and here about the time that they start shedding is about the time season hits yeah so you know it, i i think a lot of a lot of things just just play you know just play into it yeah. So what about Ohio on public then? Are you assuming that, uh, I, I'm not going to say assume, but uh, do you think you'll be able to get on a deer right away on September 25th timeframe? You'll think you'll have one pegged by then? Or do you think that some of these deer are still going to be in this, uh, you know, nocturnal movement pattern? I, I hope like hell that I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I uh I have the first fifteen days of season to hunt, and I'm gonna hunt every single evening. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna go after a different buck every single day. So, uh, yeah. I mean, as of right now, the la- we just went to another piece about a week ago and ch- and, and and pulled cams, and uh, I'm I'm fair I'm fairly confident. I mean, I'm I'm way more confident going into a season than what I felt like I I, I was going I was I was going to be honestly. Okay just because of the amount of time and the data that you have that and it's just uh i mean at this stage of my life i feel like i've i've became a different type of hunter than, than what i than what I, I i used to be and i just you know i'm 
it, it doesn't take me as long to find what I'm what I'm looking for now. So okay. it, 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 it makes it easier. Um, I feel like when in your early years, it can be very, very uh, frustrating. Yeah. Walk, <laughs> you know? walk us through that, because I think a lot of people like exactly what you said. They, they get frustrated because they can't find exactly what they're looking for. What does that process look like for you as far as how you locate, identify and then chase uh, a deer that you would put in your target category? And, you know, like explain, explain why it can be frustrating for some people. I mean, because I think that, you know, a lot of these podcasts and a lot of these, you know, things that people listen to and study and everything, a lot of it, and it's not bad, but it's just a lot of the information is based around fall. So I feel like a lot of these guys go in here and set these cameras up for fall patterns and then the deer aren't doing that right now. So they're not getting pictures. So they kind of, you know get all frustrated and everything else. And, and, you know, and there's some cameras that I said that I, I did, I did just, just that, like, man, there's tons of deer sign in here. I, I know there's a bunch of rubs, but man, these paths are wore down. There has to be deer here, here now, you know? Yeah. And there just wasn't, but you know, you know, on October 15th that there's going to be bucks there. Yeah. Know? And I feel like once you kind of gain the knowledge throughout, throughout hunting and everything, and you kind of learn how to, pick and choose your spots a little bit better and you and really just learning the property i mean a lot of people look 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 down on cameras but cameras can tell you a whole lot i mean they can save you a lot of time yeah and i think just you know going in there with you know confidence but don't expect a whole lot you know yeah and that's i think that's i think a lot of people go in expecting a lot and don't have a lot of confidence so then when they don't find anything it kind of bothers them yeah. So how frustrated, confident. how frustrated do you get when, and I know this year is going to be a different year for you cause you're not going to be running. Um, well, I guess you are going to be running trail cameras, but I've had years where man, summer was loaded. The, the, the farm was loaded during the summer months and then the farm dries out and then it dries out even more once they take all the ag out. And I, I would get real frustrated and be like, man, where are all these deer at? And I, and I wouldn't, I would hope they show up, but I, I wouldn't go looking for them per se. Did you ever run right. into that or, you know, have what other frustrations, I guess, did you have trying to get to a, you know, a specific target animal or a, a hit list per se? I mean, there's, there's there when, when when you go into any situation like that you've got especially on public you've got to expect a good amount of failure yeah. you know you can't just go in and say oh i'm gonna you know because i mean any anybody's done this you've walked into a spot like dude this is killer like there has to be deer here i mean it's textbook and you'll hang a camera there and you'll go back a month later and you'll have a picture of like two to three does and you're like what in the world yeah you know so i don't know i <clears throat> i feel like well, hunting in general, your entire life is going to be failure after failure, Right. <laughs> you know? So I feel like the process, you know, of just basically learning what works and what doesn't work by just failing. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, that's how I, I learned. And, you know, that's how we're learning on public. You know, it, it's, 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 it's a different world out there for sure. Yeah. 
All right. I, I was going to save this question for another podcast uh, with a different guest, but I think now is actually the right time to ask it. And that is, let's just say that September 5th or September 25th, uh, I know that it could, uh, let's see, it's September 25th for Ohio, right? Uh, the 26th, yeah. 26th, okay. So let's just say you have you have September 26th until you know, for five days, right, to the uh, September 30th or October 1st time frame, somewhere in there. And that is the only time that you get to hunt public land in Ohio. What does your strategy look like to try to accomplish your goal of harvesting that 140 class four-year-old? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to do a really quick speed tour about September, probably... 15th, 16th. Okay. And go into a couple areas that I think are going to produce and do a real, I mean, real, I mean, and obviously check, I mean, and I, I can't choose a day right now because I want to make sure the wind, the, that the wind and everything's right. But go in and check them and just see. And if, and if they're, if, if, if the deer's there that I think's there, then that's the spots I'm going to hunt, which, which I've got three or four spots picked out for that. And each each spot has three to four shooters at it, honestly. So, and in the process of this summer of going in and checking those cameras once or twice, we've kind of narrowed it down and put more cameras out that we can check throughout season. Or like, if we're like, okay, well, I'm just going to go in here and hunt this spot, but on the way, I'm going to go ahead and check this camera and this camera, you know? Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it, and that's that's a that's the thing about public. You're just taking, you know, it's that's 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 the difference between public and private. Is private is a much more calculated um, chess match, really. And and public is kind of, you know, you can't just be in there checking cameras every two weeks. You kind of just got to wing it, and there, and you might have some wasted, you know, wasted trips. But that's just part of it. You know? Yeah. So you're saying that you're gonna go on kind of a speed scout mission 10 days before the season opens and check the trail cameras that you've already put in there. Yep. Okay. And is that going to determine where, where you start to hunt on all of those eight different pieces of uh, public? Yeah. And, and I won't hit all, all eight, obviously uh, I'll, I'll hit the ones that have shown me over the last couple camera camera checks that, that there's a lot more bucks in that area. Um, because I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, I, I got a, I got a much less, you know, a, a much more or less amount of time to hunt than what I, I normally do. Yeah. Um, so those spots that, you know, have, are, are holding four or five shooter bucks. I'm going to focus on those spots and go into there. Um, and luckily I'm doing this with, with one, with one of my good buddy, Cody. So he you know he can branch off and, and check cameras i can branch off and check cameras and we just kind of you know meet up and say hey you know this this is here 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 right. and so it's it, you know it's it's much better to have somebody there also that thinks that that honestly thinks like like you and can can help you and you know because it's it's a it's a lot to do <laughs> yeah i believe it all right so you you go and you do the scouting mission and that scouting mission says all right here's a deer and you know, this area that, you know, you make the decision to go after, what does that five day, you know, this hypothetical five day, 10 day, let's just say five to 10 day season that we're talking about this one week that we get to hunt now, what are you going to do? 
as far as are you hunting mornings, are you hunting night or nights, are you hunting, I know field edges are, is this big woods? Are you hunting a fence, like a pinch point? What are you doing in this early time frame? So I'm going to be hunting evenings only. Um, I'm not, I'm not a big morning guy. Even, even in October, I'm not, I'm not even a morning guy or, you know, no, November. I'm, I just don't, I just don't hunt mornings, but, um, pinch points. Um, a lot of like, uh, if you find a really good Creek, uh, Creek, uh, Creek crossing coming off points or whatever, like I'm, I'm finding those are, are pretty, pretty good spots. Right. Right. Right now, honestly, um, any kind of pinch point really that, that, you know, that, that they're going to be traveling from bedding to feed or, you know, uh, bedding to water, but, you know, basically get in between them and where they where where you think that, that they're going to be. Okay. And, um, some of these spots are kind of hard to do that, you know, uh, you, I mean, it's, it takes that perfect win. So again, in those five days, you have all that to think about. Yeah. So um, are you going to be so, hunting any spots that a guy would, I guess, call traditionally a rut spot? Um, not in early season. No, okay. because I mean, I mean, I guess. I, I mean, I guess I can't say no because I mean, pinch points obviously get used during the during the rut, right? You know? um, right. But not necessarily like. Am I saying like, oh, well, this is obviously a hot rut, you know, a hot rut rut spot. I mean, I, it's spots that I feel like are getting used now. Right. Right. Um. But. But going into it with trad is also a whole different new. I mean, it's a it's a whole different ball game. I, I went from being comfortable shooting, you know, 50, 50 to sixty to twenty to twenty five. Right. So that changes so, where your tree stands have to be located in relationship to whatever trail that they're that they're on. Yeah, and I've kind of made my mind up from convenience factor, and uh, just because I, I kind of want to do it, I'm going to hunt on on the ground probably eighty to ninety percent of the time. <laughs> and you're hunting off the ground. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're crazy, dude. Yeah, that's I mean, nuts, man. And and why why uh, why off the ground? Just because it's easier to shoot a trad bow off the ground? Well, not that. I mean, I, I guess it kind of is. In 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 some ways, you don't have to really worry about hitting anything. I mean, as long as you're in a pretty pretty good spot. But like, I'm just pretty confident whenever I'm I'm, I'm down on the on on the ground. And plus, for me to get in that twenty twenty five yard range, fully focused on a on a on a on a deer. I mean, I feel like I, I want to be eye, eye level with it, you know. Uh, now, in four or five years from now, you know, if I if I keep shooting trad and, and I get real, real confident from shooting in tree stands and everything like that, then then that's one thing. But to me, you know, it's uh when 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 I went to trad, I started to really fall in love with with hunting again, like I did when I was a kid. So uh, I and I used to hunt farm farmland, and there was no good trees for climbers, and my parents wouldn't wouldn't let me have uh, have any type of lock on because it just wasn't safe to them so i grew up hunting you know fence lines and you know briar bushes and stuff like that right so it, it's kind of just uh you know i don't know it's it's it just me making it harder yeah. <laughs> what would a deer have to do to get you to get out there in the morning and hunt that five-day window i mean obviously if he was on camera every like for four days out of the week at seven thirty in the in in the, in the morning, that'd be different, you know? Right. Uh, but I mean, I find, 
in an early season. Like, and, and a lot of it is because, you know, I've kind of got spoiled on my last four bucks and they've all been in, in farm and all in like farm and ag country. And in the morning times, I feel like in that, in that type of environment, you just do way more damage walking in, walking in. Uh, yeah. Cause they're still out there feeding, you know? Yeah. And so I just kind of grew, grew out of it. And a majority, and majority of my deer, I think seven out of, out of, out of my, out of uh, seven, seven, seven of my mounts, I think I've shot in the, uh, uh, evening. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I just like it better. Um, it, it, I don't, I don't know. It's, I've, and honestly, I get, I mean, and, and I tell everybody, like everybody's got their own, their own hunting style. Like some, some guys can shoot deer on October 5th every single year. Some, some guys shoot them, you know, in January. I just, and just for my style and how I like to hunt deer, it's, yeah, I mean, e- evenings are just better for me. Yeah. So you've given, you know, getting a deer on trail cameras, one thing we all know that, right. And hunting them is something different. So with your, with your trad, no tree stand public goal that you set for yourself, do you, what are, what are the chances of the odds that you succeed this year on that? I mean, if you ask me now from a confidence uh, standpoint, I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm definitely doing it. Yeah. Uh, but now if you ask me from a likelihood standpoint, it's probably not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, but you know, I found with trad, uh, confidence kills, Yeah, you know? Okay. And, and that's, that's just how I'm going into it. If, if with trad, if you, if, if you go into it with any shadow of, of any doubt of anything, you're probably not, not going to, not going to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, uh, that's a fact. And I mean, that confidence game goes, any time of year with any weapon, right? If you're confident in your skills, whether you're you're accessing or knowing where to put a tree stand, or confident with your with your bow and arrow, that's man. I, I feel like there's days where I, I feel real confident on all levels, and you go into a tree stand and you just go, dude, if that deer walks by, he's dead tonight. Yeah, yeah, and and I, and that's kind of like what kind of when when I. When, when I made the switch, man, it's kind of what, what grabbed me. It's like a much more, uh, uh, intimate feeling, you know? Yeah. You just kind of, and that's why hunting on, on, on the ground kind of, all that kind of came back to me. But, and, you know, no doubt it's going to be a challenge and there's going to be a few deer that I, I might mess up because, you know, I'm, I'm out there self-filming. I'm trying to get it all on film. I'm trying to shoot deer off, off the ground with a 1980s bow, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, you know it's 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 a huge task, and I'm not going into it thinking that I'm going to go shoot two two giant bucks, and you know it's all going to be easy. I'm probably going to miss. Uh, I pray I don't wound anything. I'm very confident in in my in in my in, in my shot. I mean, I've I shot for the past nine and nine and a half months every single day. Right. And I'm fully confident in that. Um, it's just uh, we all know when you when you get a live animal and and, and you know, standing in front of you, it's a, it's a whole different ball game. You got to, you got to learn how to keep that focus. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for the guy who is, um, let's, let's just call him the average bow hunter, right? He's maybe got a, a lock on tree stand and we'll stick to public or we'll stick into like a, a run and gun type of a hunter that has the the portable tree stand that they go in and out of public all the time, but they're shooting a compound from a tree stand. Are there any other 
tips or tricks or um, trends that you've seen from checking trail cameras that uh, will put them in a better position to harvest an animal in the, like the first week of opener let's for example let's just say a guy goes you know what i'm having a kid on the 15th of october or the 10th of october and i if i'm gonna hunt i gotta get, do as much of it as i can before the season starts uh or b- before uh i have my kid or because once that kid comes i'm done for the year so yeah talk to talk to that guy about things that you've noticed running these trail cameras or scouting on public that they need to keep an eye open for, uh, that might put them into the position of killing a deer on the first, you know, week of season. Well, there towards the, towards the end of summer, there going, going into season. I noticed, I noticed the deer definitely transition from the soybeans to the corn. If you're, if you're, if you're hunting ag, um, I see, I, I definitely see that movement as far as ag goes. So that's very important. And then obviously, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm one of those guys who hunt, who, who hunt bedding, no matter what, what time of season. So anytime you can find bedding is very, very, very crucial. Now this time of season, you know, not so much around September 26th, maybe not, but, uh, might still have, you know, two or three bucks, you know, bedding, you know, or five or six does. So you got, you got to be real careful about that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so as far as that goes, and then, you know, again, right, right to the pinch points, the, uh, Oak, Oak flats tip, you know, typically, uh, if you're hunting, you know, in, in a more, uh, mountain type setting saddles, uh, low gaps, things, things like this, you know, you got your, you got a lot of deer are going to be bedded on your, uh, north, on your, uh, north, your, uh, north facing slope right, right now. And, that's funny because because when, when I when I go lease lease land to guys and 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 they come out I'll walk them around the property and I'll show them, I'll be like, I guarantee you there's a, there's there's beds up here and I'll, I'll walk up there and show them and then like it really it just turns into like a, a bunch of questions and I'm like look I I don't know look I learned all this on on podcast just like everybody else man <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh, and and they just laugh but I mean it's it's once you start really narrowing down, I mean, and, and it really takes a, like a two, three year, you know, it, well, for me, it did it took two, like two or three seasons. And that was from the time I was probably 22 to 25 really changed how I thought about deer hunting and took the time and put the work in. And like I said, sometimes you'll put cameras and set up in these spots and you'll, you will bet your life savings that there's, that, that there's deer there and they're just, not. yeah. You know? Um, yeah. so if I had to say, if anything, if anything's going to put you in the position to kill big deer, it's going to be hard work and go out there and put the time in, figure out each property because each property is different. Yeah. So it's great advice, just, man. You know, that's, it's not, I, there's a trend going around in the, in, in the industry now that, you know, everybody feels like that they have to have top the line, everything to go and go and kill deer. And at the end of the day, hard work is the only thing that kills, that, that kills deer on a year to year basis. Yeah. That's great advice and definitely a a great comment, man. So, 
Well, I tell you what, Cameron, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on. I know this was a last minute uh, setup for us, but I appreciate your time and uh, good luck to you accomplishing your goals, man. I, I think uh, after you hunt that first however many days of the season, I might have to have you on for an update to see if you're just straight crazy or if you said, well, I got to I got to pick up the compound or I got to I got to pick up a, uh, a tree stand again to try to accomplish this goal. Well, the first week of, of of KY opener, I'm going after a 150 inch buck off off the ground, and uh, so definitely stay uh, uh, tuned for that. <laughs> I will. I will. Well, good good luck this fall, man. All right, brother. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. Huge shout out to each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to listen. Huge shout out to Cameron. Huge shout out to all of the partners of the Nine Finger Chronicles. We have Vortex Optics, The Average Conservationist, Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands, Wasp Broadheads, and Ozonic Scent Elimination. I'm telling you right now, Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Every company that I just mentioned there has a very special product or they do special things uh, for the hunting community and the hunting industry or both. So please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Please take a listen to all of the content throughout the Sportsman's Nation. I'm telling you right now, it's really good and I for some reason I keep saying I'm telling you right now I'm telling you right now it's badass anyway thank you very much for tuning in be sure to follow on Instagram and Facebook other than that man we'll talk to you next time